Well, awesome. I'd invite you to grab a seat. Thanks so much, Ben. And if you snuck in late uh, or in case you missed it, uh, my name is Chris. And, and I want to extend a really warm welcome along to here uh, at Beyond Church tonight. Uh, tonight, we're actually launching a series, uh, a brand new series called Just Do It. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have Nike on board and they made us uh, some cool t-shirts. You can actually actually get yours as well from Rebel. Uh, Rebel Sport are our stockers for the Just Do It series, so you can go and grab yours from there. Uh, but if you're new and you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, what we like to do is uh, we like to unpack an idea for a number of weeks and so we'll dive deep into that idea. And so tonight is really the springboard that we're going to be looking at over the next couple of weeks. So this series is four weeks long. And the reason it's called Just Do It is because there are some things that, that you and certain groups of people in this world just have to do. I'll give you an example. One of the things that I just have to do is I have to recount in painstaking detail all of my workouts to my wife. I have to let her know exactly what humidity it was. I have to let her know like how, how much of a headwind there was. I have to let her know like how like tiring it was, like what, where was the sweat dropping, what clothes was I wearing. I have to recount in painstaking detail my workout every single day for my wife uh, when she gets home from work. And maybe for you, you, you can think of some groups of people who there are things, if you're associated with that group or if you're a certain type of person, there are things that you just have to do. For example, if you're in CrossFit, you have to have social media. That's like, that's like the number one rule of CrossFit. If you don't have social media, you're not allowed to be in CrossFit. Secondly, is you have to post your workouts on social media all the time and t- let us know what you're doing. That's, you have to do that if you're, in so, uh, if you're in CrossFit. Maybe for some of you, uh, you've heard about these, the DIY project people, and they're doing a DIY project at home, and they have to let you know that they're doing a DIY project. Can you come out this weekend? Oh, I can't. I'm renovating. I've got a DIY project. Oh, let me tell you about my DIY project that I've got going on. Then there are, there's this really weird group of people. I don't, I don't get this group. If you're in this group, like it's, I'm sorry, I just don't understand you. Is There's a group of people that eat salad, and it's not though. Salad's cool. It's, that's fine. You can eat salad if you want. But there's that group of people, and I don't know if you've experienced it when you're in the office, but they always have to tell you they've got quinoa in their salad instead of rice. Nobody asks them, but it's like, oh, I've got quinoa in my salad. Oh, it's a superfood. And they have to tell you that, and you're like, what? Why? And then, um, in addition to this, there are some other people. Uh, I don't know, this is just the weirdest group in, I just don't get this group. Uh, and if you're in this group in society, you need to stop doing this because it's so awkward for the rest of us. There is that group of people in society that they just have to tell you when they're going to the toilet. You know, you're in a group and you're standing around chatting and they're like, oh, excuse me, I've just got to go to the toilet. I've just got to pop to the loo. And everyone else is sitting there going, just go. You don't have to tell us, just be a normal person and go to the toilet. Like, if you're in that group, you don't have to do that anymore. And, and the thing about all these groups and the thing about all these things in life that we just do, and, and for some of us we feel like just have to do this, is it actually requires a certain amount of discipline like, it takes a lot of dis. I could not be posting my workout on Facebook every single day, but I recount it to my wife. That takes discipline. It takes discipline for her to listen to it as well every day. Some people, it takes discipline to tell every single person who never asked you that you've got quinoa in your salad, not rice. That takes discipline. It takes discipline to constantly tell people that you're about to go to the toilet. 
If that was me, I would have given up after the first two or three really awkward encounters. But that takes discipline to persevere, to push through. And so regardless of of maybe uh, over the next couple of weeks, what we're going to unpack and what we're going to talk about in this Just Do It series is we're going to talk about discipline. But specifically, we're going to talk about this idea of spiritual disciplines. And maybe, maybe some of you are, are here right now and, you, and you're sort of sitting, whoa, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Chris, discipline, discipline is not really like, I'm not a disciplined person. I don't do discipline, okay? And maybe some of you are here and you're pushing back against this a little bit because you don't even know what spiritual discipline is, let alone normal discipline. Like, Chris, I have a hard time getting out of bed when my alarm goes off, let alone spiritual discipline. And if you're in that boat, I get that. I totally understand that. But here's something I think we can all agree on. Regardless of of where you sit on this issue of discipline, we all agree at some level that discipline is important. And and here's how how I know that, that you agree that discipline at some level in your life is important. You agree that discipline is important in your life if you've ever said a phrase similar to or maybe like this, I need to save some money. Oh, look, I know I should maybe study a little bit more. Look, I know that I need to eat better. Look, look I, know, I know I do this all the time and I know I shouldn't do it, but, but, I, know, but I just don't have time to, to change my habits. I know I should invest more time in, into my relationships, maybe into your boyfriend or your girlfriend, but, but work is just so busy. I've got so many other activities going on. I just don't have the time. See, we, we agree at some level that, that discipline is important. But where we, where we begin to struggle is where, where you and where I struggle is that we often have a hard time actually being disciplined. We agree it's important, but we struggle to actually be disciplined. And, and here's, here's the example. You know, I know I need to save money, but there's just this great sale that came through my inbox. And, and if I spend $10 more, I get free shipping. I, I know I need to study... But every video on YouTube just needs watching. And it always needs watching when I sit down to study. So you know, and we recognize that discipline is important. But we often struggle to actually be disciplined ourselves. And so what I wanted to do is, I wanted to, as we launch in, just give a really brief definition of discipline to set the foundation for what we're going to talk about. Because I think that discipline is simply this. Discipline is simply belief in action. That's all it is. Discipline uh, shows what's important to you. The things that you do in your life show what's important to you. And the things that you do show what you actually value. And, and I'm, I, know, I know that there are some of you out there right now who are, who are thinking this through in your head and you're kind of fighting with me in your head. You say, Chris, you don't get my situation. You don't understand what's been going on in my life. Because you see... I would be disciplined in this particular area, but because of circumstances that are going on, because of the things that have been happening around me, I can't be disciplined. I want to be disciplined. I know that I should be disciplined, but but I'm just not. So, but but I really believe in that. And I can can understand that to an extent. But, But think about this. If the doctor was to call you into his office, if he was to sit you down, he was to say to you, look, you've got a really, really serious condition. In fact, this condition is so serious that if you do not do something about it, you will die. And all you have to do to stay alive is exercise three times a week for 30 minutes. Would you do it? Of course you would. You don't want to die. Parents, parents, think about this if you're a parent. If your child was to teleport back in time, so 
your child 20 years into the future teleported back. And they were to sit down at the dinner table with you 20 years older than they are now and they were to say, hey, look, we could have had the best relationship ever if you hadn't been taking work calls during dinner. If every time we went out to the movies, you didn't have to run out to kind of call them back. We could have had such a great relationship if when we were on holidays, you were actually on holidays with us and not sitting on your laptop responding to emails. If you're a parent in the room, would you do it? Of course you would. And so the thing I want to do tonight and my agenda, I want to lay it out and I want to be really, really honest with what my agenda is tonight is we all agree that discipline is important, but at the same time we recognise that being disciplined is is a challenge all in and of itself. So my agenda for tonight is not to convince you to be disciplined, not not to wave my finger at you and tell you if you're not disciplined, you're a bad person. My agenda is simply this. I want you to consider... Oh, sorry, I want you to know why you should consider being disciplined. That's it. I want you to know why you should consider being disciplined. Because I recognise that there are some of you in this room tonight, and, and for you, discipline is the last thing on your mind right now. You have no interest in being disciplined right now. You can't see yourself ever really wanting to be disciplined in the next five years. And if you're here, that's okay. This message is still for you. What you can do is, you can just file this message away in, in the archives of your brain so that one day, if something happens when you need to be disciplined, you'll be able to know what you could consider doing. And if you're a Christian here, I recognise that when this phrase, spiritual discipline, has been brought up in the past, perhaps for you, perhaps for you there was feelings of guilt and there were feelings of shame associated with this word. Because whenever you heard this phrase, all you were told is what you do is not good enough. You need to spend more time reading your Bible. You need to spend more time praying. You need to spend more time serving. You need to give more money. And so for you, whenever anyone uses that phrase, spiritual discipline, you kind of push back. Because you've got some negative emotions associated with it. And if that's you, I want to be really upfront and I want to tell you that if at the end of this series, if tomorrow morning you wake up and you don't read your Bible and you don't pray, God's love will not falter for a second. God will love you the exact same tomorrow as he has today, even if you don't begin to do some of these things. So my agenda for this series is really, really simple. I want to give you some practical tools that you can begin to implement in your life that can help you become more disciplined. I actually want something for you with this series. This series is not about guilt. It is not about shame at all. And so where better to start, I thought, this this talk around spiritual discipline than at a party? Because all good discipline lessons start at parties, right? And the party we're going to look at tonight is actually a wedding. And this wedding is recorded in, uh, by Jesus' best friend, John. So Jesus had a best friend, his name was John, and uh, this, uh, John, his best mate, wrote down some of the accounts of Jesus' life and they collected it into uh, a biographical account and it's now found in the New Test- what, we, what Christians call the New Testament documents uh, and it's titled John. And so uh, John uh, writes this in John chapter 2. If you've got your Bibles, you can pull it out. If not, you can follow along. But John writes this account of a wedding. And just to kind of paint a little bit of a better picture for you, weddings in those days, in that culture, were not like weddings in our days. Our weddings are lame compared to weddings in those days. Like these weddings were like seven day, like absolute rages. Now they would start with a feast on one night 
And, and then the party would just keep pumping for the next seven to ten days. And people would just keep celebrating, keep dancing. It was, it was a massive big deal made of the union of these two people. And so Jesus and his disciples, they're invited to this wedding in this region, in this town called Cana. And, and so this is how John starts out the story in John chapter 2 about uh, Jesus being invited with his disciples to the wedding. It starts out as Jesus' mother was there. Could you imagine Jesus rocking in with all these boys, ready for the wedding, seven days? Mom! Oh, mom. But then it goes on. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus' disciples were also invited to the celebration. So right off the bat, there's a little bit of a distinction that we may miss. See, Jesus and his disciples, they were invited to the wedding as guests. Now, if you have had nothing to do with church your entire life, I get why you might push back against the church. I get why you might push back against followers of Jesus. But something I want you to know is that when Jesus walked the earth, people actually liked hanging out with him. And people actually liked hanging out with the people that Jesus was associated with. So much so that they invited him and his disciples to a wedding. And so they were invited just as regular guests. And Jesus' mum, she was, she was sort of a special guest at this wedding. So she was specially invited by the bride and groom. And, and in essence, what um, Jesus' mother's name was Mary. What Mary's role was to do was sort of kind of oversee maybe with a group of people and make sure that there was enough food going around, that there was enough wine going around, that all the guests were taken care of. And then, so this is Mary's role, something, something did not go right at this wedding. And we're told that the wine supply ran out during the festivities. Now, I was trying to think of what would be the equivalent of something this embarrassing in our culture. And the best, the best thing that I could think of in our culture is um, that would equivalent to wine running out in Cana in, in 2,000 years ago is if you post a photo on Instagram and it doesn't get to the number likes. Like, it doesn't get to the point where, where it starts to tell you how many people have liked it. You can just see the users that have, that have liked it. That, like, that is social suicide. When that happens, you're like sweating. You're like, oh my goodness, it's been 15 minutes. Should I give it another couple? Should I pull it down? If I leave it up, what are the risks of leaving this photo up? People will see and they'll be embarrassed and now they won't want to like it. And then you're just reevaluating your entire life. Because you haven't got seven likes on Instagram. I don't even know how many it is. Let's say seven. Because in this day and age, in, in first century uh, Palestine, or in this region of Cana, wine was such a cheap commodity. You could, regardless of your socioeconomic status, you could get wine readily. In fact, even poor people had so much wine left over at weddings that they didn't know what to do with it. And so this was literally going to be the only wedding in Cana history where they ran out of wine. And Jesus' mother, you know, doesn't know what to do, and so she's kind of like, what, what do I do? This, I was charged with this. I was charged with looking after the food, looking after the wine. And so we're told that she goes to Jesus, and she says this to Jesus. They have no more wine. Now, now that kind of it seems a little bit funny, but like, because at this point in time, Jesus hasn't done a public miracle. You know, regardless of whether you think Jesus did miracles or not, in the, in the gospel accounts that Matthew, Mark, Luke and John wrote, they haven't recorded Jesus doing a miracle. So I want to know what Jesus was doing at home that Mary goes to him when they're out of wine. What was happening around their dinner table? Jesus, we've had a really long day today. You know, me and Joe, it's been a rough, like we just didn't have time to get the hummus and carrots ready. Bang. No worries, mum. 
It's like, Jesus, we just would really like a holiday. Just, just for half an hour, no worries, mum. Bang, this part of the world isn't even discovered yet, but you can check it out. That'll discover it in another couple of thousand years. Like, what is Jesus doing at home that Mary's first instinct is to run over and go, Jesus, they're out of wine? And then Jesus' response is even more interesting because he says, he says really politely, he says, Dear woman, dear woman, imagine saying that to your mum. Dear woman, that's not our problem, he replied. In other words, like, I can see that that's a little bit of a personal issue for you, mum. But it's not for me. Like, we're here, we're having a great time. Don't make me tell the boys that you've run out of wine. Like, don't do that. But, but then Jesus goes on. And, he's, and he says, mum, it's not my problem. But then he says, my time has not yet come. This says this really bizarre really bizarre statement because like we said up until this point Jesus has not performed a miracle in public so Jesus is essentially saying to his mum hey mum I know that you know I'm special I know that there were some miraculous events surrounding my birth that you know about and some of my followers know about but but the general public does not know about it yet my time hasn't come just yet and then I don't, I don't know, uh, particularly if you're, uh, you know, if maybe you're a mum, you can relate to this. And if you've ever had a mum, you can definitely relate to this. Jesus' mother took no notice of what he says. And so, the, and this is, she, she says, uh, his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Mum, I can't do it. It's not my time yet. Servants, come here. See, that's my son over there. Jesus, isn't he looking really good? He's the best looking one here. Look at that beard. Go and do whatever he tells you to do. Like, we're out of wine. He'll bail you out. And so then John tells us it's standing nearby uh, where Jesus was, there were six stone jars that were used for ceremonial washing. And each could hold between 20 and 30 gallons. And so what Jesus does uh, after, you know, his mum's kind of pushed in and said, hey, Jesus, you know, you need to sort this out. He, t- he grabs the servants and he goes, okay, fellas, what I need you to do is I need you to go and fill those jars up with water. Now, I don't know what would be going through a servant's head right now, but my first thing is, Jesus, we're out of wine, like not water. Water is cool, but wine is what we really, really need. And so when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. I don't know about you, but if I was that servant or that, those two servants, I would be petrified. I would be like going over to the master of ceremonies like with my hands shaking because like, like we're looking at each other. If we were doing it, I'd be like, he's drunk. But he's not that drunk that he's going to mistake water for wine. This is going to be really bad. Like, I would even be thinking, if it was me, I'd be thinking, maybe I should run right now because I know I'm losing my job. Like, worst case scenario, they might even put me to death for trying to pass off water as wine at a wedding. Like, this is bad. But then what happens next is the response of the, the master of, of ceremonies. And so... Uh, after the, after the master of ceremonies takes it, uh, he calls over the bridegroom. He calls over the groom and he says, hey, I, I want to talk to you. He says, a host always serves the best wine first. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, after six or seven days, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you, you've kept the best wine until last. You've kept the best wine until last. And I can only imagine what it would have been like for those two servants that night in their, in their quarters. I can only imagine that they went back to their rooms and they're sitting down on the beds opposite each other and they, they do that thing that guys do 
where the guys know exactly what they're saying, but anyone else listening in on the conversation has no idea. And I can imagine them sitting there going, dude, 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 dude. And they're just like, did you see that? Like, like Jesus was there and he, we filled it up with water and then we took it over the, the master of ceremonies and we're walking over, we're thinking like, we are going to die. He's not that drunk. All of a sudden, it's wine. Like, it's wine. Like, that just happened. Could you imagine them just sitting there going, that just happened. We just filled jugs up with water and then a guy drank it and it was wine and then everyone started drinking it and it was wine. That just happened. And I want for you, as a result of this series, regardless of where you are in your faith journey, to have an opportunity to become disciplined like the servants were. Because those servants could have just, just thrown the water and ran. They, they could have refused to trust Jesus and they could have just booked it out of there. But instead, they were, they were disciplined. And I want for you what happened to those servants, where they were able to have a moment where that just happened. And I want for you to have a that just happened and a series of that just happened moments in your life. But in order to do that, in order to, to have that happen, we need to be disciplined. And so the bottom line tonight on why you should consider being disciplined is this. We get to be in, on the action when we take action. You and I get to be in on the action. We get to be a part of those moments in our lives and in other people's lives where we get to look in and we get to say, that just happened only when we first get in on the action. Those moments, those that just happened moments don't come from observing from afar. They come when we're disciplined and we actually give ourselves an opportunity to get in on the action. So this week, this week what I want to do, I just want to make it nice and easy and I want to help you begin to get in on the action this week. So I want to set a homework task and don't worry, uh, if, you're not, if this is your first time here, we don't like to do a roll call and check it so you can just do it in your own time and, and no one will know. But we like to do this thing here at Beyond, it's called Full Monday. Because uh, we believe that there's no point coming to church on Sunday if it doesn't impact you, if it doesn't change you for Monday. And so the full Monday for this week is this. What do you need to put down so that you can stay close to Jesus? What do you need to put down so that you can stay close to Jesus, so that you can get in on the action? Now, I'm fully aware that there are some of you here tonight who maybe this is your first time at church or maybe you're kind of like, well, I don't actually even know if I want to be in on the action that Jesus is offering. I don't even know if I want a piece of what this, what this guy is on about. And, and I totally get that. I understand that. So for you, I, I want to tailor it a little differently. What I want you to do is I want you to write down all the reasons and all the doubts and all the questions you have that stand between you and Jesus. What are the questions that you would like answered? What are, the, what are the questions that you would like resolved? What are the reasons that maybe you push back against Christianity? I want you to write them all down. And then what I want you to do is, is head to our Connect desk afterwards, or if you know someone uh, here, you've come along with someone tonight, grab them and say, hey, we're getting coffee this week, and I've got some questions to ask you. And then if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian this week, and uh, you, know, you can ask that question too, what do you need to put down to stay close to Jesus? And you know, right now, you know... Uh, what better way to do it than in the present? Just grab out your phone or jump into your notes or whatever it is. And what I want you to do is I want you to put down all the reasons and, and all the things that stand in the way between you and deepening your relationship with Jesus. 
What are the things that maybe for you, you're like, oh, look, I, I know I really should set some time aside to read my Bible. But I'm tired at night. Or I need to sleep in in the morning. Or when I get home, I just, I just want to watch TV. I just want to chill out. Maybe for you, uh, what is it for you? Maybe it's, you know, I, re- I know I really want to serve. I know I really want to give more, but, but I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to do it. I'm so busy as it is. What are the things that stand between you and following Jesus? And maybe for some of you, maybe for some of you who you, you're, you're, you're a follower of Jesus, but this whole following Jesus is brand new for you. And some of you, you say, you know, I don't even know how to read my Bible. I don't even know how to, how it, how to pray. And so write those things down. And then I want you to ask yourself this question. Are those things worth it? Are those things, those reasons that keep you from Jesus, are they really worth it? Is binge-watching Netflix worth sacrificing, deepening your relationship with Jesus? Is the fact that, that you're tired at night and you didn't prioritize it earlier in the day, is, is that worth um, giving up, deepening your relationship with Jesus? Is the fact that maybe you don't know how to read your Bible and you don't know how to pray and you're kind of a little bit afraid because Christians should know that, I want to tell you, why should you know that if no one's told you or no one's taught you? So you shouldn't feel embarrassed. But, but is, that, is that good enough? I, I, I feel embarrassed to ask the question, is that worth giving up, deepening your relationship with Jesus? Cause, just because you're not sure how to do it. And the reason that I want you to do this is because I don't want you to miss out on the opportunities that God has for your life. I don't want you to sit back and see a circumstance happen and think, ah, I could have been in on that action. I could have been in on the action if only I was disciplined and if only I had taken some action. I could have been in that moment. I don't want you to miss out on the plan that God has for your life. I don't want you to miss out on the things that God is calling you to because you didn't know how to get in on the action. And maybe for some of you, as we bring this all to a close, you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, Chris... I'm, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while. I know exactly, I know exactly what's been uh, standing in the way of me and, and uh, kind of following my relationship with Jesus. But, but uh, I'm not exactly sure how to do it. I'm not, like, how do I go about deepening my relationship with Jesus? And uh, I want to tell you, you should come back next week. You should come back next week because over the next three weeks, we're going to unpack this and we're going to give you some really practical ways that you can become and you can learn some spiritual disciplines. Because a spiritual discipline is essentially this. Staying close to Jesus in a world that draws your attention away from Jesus. That's all a spiritual discipline is. And some of us are really disciplined in other areas of our life. You know, when it, when it gets rough, you know, there will be people and there will be friends that we will, while the world is trying to draw us away from them, we'll, we'll press into them. And so I want this for you as a follower of Jesus. I want you to get in on the action. But we can only get in on the action when we take action and we begin to be disciplined. So I would love to invite you back for the next three weeks as we begin to look at how we can get in on the action. I'd love to pray for you and I'd love to invite the band back up. Heavenly Father, this idea of discipline is something that we know in our life is important, but it can be a real struggle to... uh, to, to wrestle with that tension and to, to prioritize the things we want to do. It's hard to be disciplined. It's difficult to be disciplined. There are so many things going on in our lives, so many things grabbing for our attention, so many things that make it hard for us to actually be disciplined. But Lord, I, I pray for people here tonight that 
Maybe they've been thinking about this for a while. Or maybe it's just brand new for them for the first time tonight and they're thinking, you know what, I really do want to deepen this relationship with Jesus. I really do want to know the God who came and gave his life for me on a cross. I want to know what that would look like. I want to know what that would look like to be in on the action where God is calling me to in my life. And so, Father, I I just pray that over the next couple of weeks or particularly over this week that the people would take the opportunity five or ten minutes to sit down and and begin to list what is it that keeps them from deepening that relationship with you and lord that they would ask you know is it really worth it And, and if it's not worth it what can they do to remove those things that draw their attention away and father i pray that as, as a result of this that uh, this community would have an opportunity to get in on the action that many people would begin to be disciplined and have those that just happen moments because we get to be on the, in on the action when we take action. So, Father, that's my prayer tonight. That maybe some people who'd been standing on the cusp of taking action for a while would begin to follow you and begin to take some action and be disciplined. And, Lord, we offer these prayers to you in your son Jesus' name. Amen.